installment of the Beauty and DeGeest podcast, where, uh, as you can expect, we will continue to watch movies so that you don't have to. I am DeGeest of DeGeest, and uh, there is the beauty over there. Yep, I'm here as well, as usual. We are coming to you from uh, the unusually warm state of Minnesota for this time of year. It's mid-30s in Duluth. What what are you at in the the suburbs? Uh, right now it says 44, but I did see uh, that Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport, which is where they officially record the temperature out of, hit 50 degrees today, setting a new record. Do you have snow down there? Nope. None, huh? We still have got some up here, but I doubt it will last the week because it's going to be at least uh, above freezing every single day with no snow in sight. So, yeah, this will be my, the least snowy winter ever. My, uh, when I was looking at the weather forecast on my phone, tomorrow is the coldest day I've got at 38. <laughs> We're a little bit cooler than that. We do, uh, we'll hit around 30 every night for the low, but most highs are going to be in the upper 30s. So, the a snowless winter, a virtually snowless winter in Minnesota. That's insane. We'll take it. I'll, I mean, I'll, I don't I I don't mind. You know. Yeah, I can't stand shoveling. And last year was awful. So, yeah. So, I'm fine with it. <laughs> but uh, what you been up to, man? Any any fun adventures, movies, gaming, painting? Uh, I did get uh, stuff. I, I did get stuff prepped for my Chicago trip that is coming up at the uh, towards the end of March. Um, so I have my Elvis impersonators. They are all on bases and they are all primed now. So just got to get those painted up, which shouldn't take terribly long time. Um, <laughs> that's really what what I've got going on for for that part of it. Um, Working, I think I'm going to see um, Escape from New York this weekend in the theater. Okay. Because, again, the movie theater by my house shows old movies. So, this, yeah, this weekend is Escape from New York. Um, Yeah, I guess there's not too much else going on besides that. Got my 3D printer working again yesterday. One of my friends came over and helped me out a lot with that. Uh, and got stuff set and uh, got some stuff printed out to play some Blood Bowl in the coming months, too. <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> I uh, I never got into a miniatures game because they seem so expensive, and you are into multiple. Although, well, Hero Clicks is the only one, and Mage Knight for a bit, but... I can't imagine having multiple miniatures games to field armies for. Well, here's the this is where the 3D printer has come in ridiculously handy cuz I, mean, I just printed out the my entire Blood Bowl team um between last night, you know, between last night or I guess yesterday after we got it back up and running, I printed half of it and then I printed the other half when I went to sleep last night. And 
the amount of material that it cost to print up that entire Blood Bowl team was less than four dollars. Well, yeah, okay, that makes it pretty affordable. Can you and you just like download uh, designs or whatever from the internet? Yeah, there there are a lot of things that are free, but again, these I paid money for. So I mean, I guess if you count that into it, it was forty bucks for the for the entire set of them. Okay, and that's I mean, still pretty good. And, and that's that that's enough to play the game and have extra, you know, have options for stuff. If I purchased official models from Games Workshop. I think the Blood Bowl team alone is 50, and that doesn't come with as many models as I have printed for it now. Sure. And do you do you purchase the the whatever plans from Games Workshop or somebody else? Somebody else. So with what's the what, largest hulking thing you've printed thus far? Nothing terribly big. Um, I mean, I, I can I can get something that I can print things that are big, um, but I have not done that yet. Because typically with that, because of the way they are, they come in multiple pieces. You have to print them out and and then glue them together. And, and that just I, and that's fine. I, I certainly do enough of that with the real miniatures that I buy. But uh, I have not printed anything gigantic out yet. So, do you ever consider making things and selling things? <laughs> like, uh, I've purchased add-ons for uh, like board games I have, like Nemesis and stuff, that just off of Etsy. That I assume is just some guy with a three D printer, and they're just like upgraded tokens and markers and stuff, but they look way cooler than the base cubes. You you can you can do that. The only problem with things like that is. Uh, you're you're going through a gray line there uh, of like tokens. Okay, that's you know not a huge deal, but to print somebody else's models that they've created without a you know and sell them without a license is you're bordering on uh, intellectual property. <laughs> sure. Um, Anarchy. Well, I mean. For for the amount of money that you would make from it is not necessarily worth it. I mean, and there are um, creators, there there are designers that you can buy licenses from, so then you can sell their stuff commercially. But with a single printer, it's very difficult to do it in the volume that is needed to really make it worthwhile. And well, it's pretty cheap. Like, you know, like I said, I just bought like counters and stuff that you know look like blobs of slime, and they were yeah nine dollars for I think uh, I don't know ten counters, and then they <laughs> so they, they're not making bank. That's for sure. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, to to you know, so like if I would buy, say, even a you know a twenty dollar file stl file to to 3d print something and then have you know and then spending again 50 dollars something like that for a license to sell it commercially 
and I can sell it for five dollars. You know, I mean, I would have to sell ten of them, but you know, how many people are going to go out and do that to make it, you know, to make it worthwhile for me to continuously continue to do that? Because I mean, every creator that I would purchase a file from, I would have to purchase a license from, and, and it, it would just—it's a very difficult thing to make money off of. So that—that's part of the. That that's a lot of the reason why. I mean, like for official game models, it's it's almost impossible to make money on. Sure, <laughs> makes sense. So, yep that that's that's been that's been my weekend. What about how did comedy shows go this weekend? Oh, okay, it was a mediocre turnout. You know. So I didn't make a ton of money. The uh, the people who were there had a great time, which is more important. But <laughs> the people that showed up broke even. It. Yeah, they, they whoever the people who came had a great time. I kind of broke even on this one, which it's part of the game, you know. Risk award. Just, just wished more people were there. <laughs> yeah, I Not do enough. have another one coming up. Uh, the day this releases, Feb 3rd in Bemidji at Keg and Cork. So uh, that one's selling pretty well thus far, so I think we'll do better. College Town. Yeah. School's back in session. I mean, again, we get a, you know, not enough people listen to this episode, or last episode, to know that they needed to get to, what was it, Grand Rapids last week? Yep, correct. All right, well... <laughs> This week we got to get all of our fans in Bemidji to listen to this episode <laughs> early enough that they can get to you still get to your comedy show. Bemidji's only a three and a half hour drive, as well. So even if you're in the Twin Cities area and you listen to this, get your ass up to Bemidji yeah. and go to a comedy show, unless it's or, sold out. Yeah, which it might. This one, there's a chance this one will sell out. So uh, buy early if you're interested. Otherwise, uh, the tenth. Feb 10th, I'm back in Brainerd at Yesterday's Gone with comedian Nick Griffin, who's uh, he's a New York guy, gets on the comedy cellar frequently, and he's coming through the area. So I, uh, I managed to secure him to come to Brainerd, so that should be a good one as well. Nice. So did you see the controversial comedy thing over the weekend? Uh, are you talking about the AI comedy with George Carlin or something else? Nope, something else. I, I did see that too. That that there was some actually kind of big name people um, behind that George Carlin thing, which yeah. it was a guy that used to be on Mad TV that was behind the George Carlin thing, which is kind of weird. Uh, Will Sasso, correct? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't yep, remember which which one it was. Carlin's daughter. Who like I guess runs his estate now is uh, suing, but I'm not optimistic. I've watched some other lawsuits for like AI art and stuff, and the artists keep losing. So I would expect that to happen again. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's the whole AI thing is a little. It's still it's still getting into a gray area. But no, this comedy thing was. Uh, was it Mark Norman? I think was is his name. Who is in is in a is on stage <laughs> in New York. And yeah, I like, saw the video. Okay, yep. Yeah, so yeah, all right. Where they uh, 
now they're coming out and saying it was staged, but they don't know for sure what's going on. But in case you missed it, yeah, this guy was on stage. Uh, somebody just walked up on stage with him and said something to him and then stood off to the side and got escorted out by security. And then 15, 20 seconds later, security came back and got hit, got Mark off of the stage. And then other people from the, that actually worked at the, uh, at, at the comedy play at the, at the uh, venue were up there talking about they weren't sure if they should evacuate or what or not and and eventually told them that they all had to had to evacuate didn't really give a reason why or anything i mean i don't know if it was to not cause panic but i mean i think it would be much more panicked to find out that you know that like they just this guy walks up on stage gets escorted out by security then they pull the comedian off the stage and then they're up there not sure if they should evacuate or not. I mean, I'd be, I'd be much more freaked out, um, you know, see, watching them pull this guy off the stage and then just be like, uh, yeah, you guys need to go. And I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? A lot more than if they said, you know, hey, somebody just called in a bomb threat, so everybody needs to leave, you know, or whatever it was. I don't know what, what it was or whatever. They haven't really released anything. But I'd be much more freaked out not knowing, you know, just being told that I had to leave versus being told why I had to leave somewhere. I saw the video yeah, and the uh, <laughs> I also have not heard results, just that the woman who was, I guess, worked for uh, the comedy club. <laughs> she looked visibly shaken and didn't seem to handle it well. She looked there was fear in her voice and she's just like, uh, uh, we all need to go right now like we should just everybody get up and move get out of here quickly it was something like that but yeah i've, I've never uh, heard a definitive answer of what exactly happened just uh, like you said a weirdo got on stage and they evacuated the whole building mid mark norman's set which is certainly odd <laughs> right and, and that's what i mean like like the guy looked like he whispered something to mark norman and then just stood off to the side because like I, I saw it on on social media, and it was just like you know, it was like this scary thing happened at the set, you know. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, like thinking that you know he was gonna get attacked by somebody or whatever. I had no idea that the guy that stood up there, I think he was in like a pink shirt or something like that. That was the guy that they were everybody was freaking out about. Was was that guy? Like I had no idea. <laughs> And the, you know, then watch the video to the end, and I'm like, okay, like, what's? But rumors are going around that it. Uh, some of the things that I've I've seen have kind of said that uh, Donald Glover, uh, who is a is a famous comedian, famous actor, uh, and and rapper, um, has got a new show coming out, and he's been doing kind of lots of weird little promotional things to kind of fuck with people. And I did see that the comedy club has said that uh, anybody that wants to come back now to that had the tickets for that show that got uh, evacuated is eligible to come back for a free show sometime. So, I mean, I can't <laughs> if it's like a publicity stunt, that just seems like a horrible idea. <laughs> but that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of what he's known for, though. Yeah. But still, not, like I would, I would be, I if I was a 
audience member, I would hate him for the rest of my life. If he's like, oh, I came here to see comedy and you pretended there was a a bomb threat or just evacuated the building for fun. Like I get yeah. one night out a week, you asshole. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's also kind of, you know, like I said, that that's kind of the way he is though, too. That That's, <laughs> um, man, I forget what his, what his rap name is, but, uh, Childish Gambino. That's right. Yes. Childish Gambino. So anyway, yeah, that, that was kind of the controversial thing there that happened over the weekend. Um, so hopefully that does not happen to any of your shows. <laughs> not yet. The only bombing has been by uh, me or some of the other comedians on stage. <laughs> All right. Yes. The only bombs that are allowed are on stage. <laughs> Correct. So uh it's rare, but it does happen. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've killed enough time here now. We can get into John Carpenter's The Ward from 2010. No, yeah. I guess 2011. On Tubi. Yep. I had a message uh, that one of our faithful listeners actually watched it before we did. So. Yeah, I saw the same, and it's uh, uh, 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, which is uh, not bad for horror movies, as we've mentioned many times. They tend uh, to skew low. It's a lot worse on Rotten Tomatoes. It's at 33% critic score, 26% audience score. So it did not do very well. Interesting. They liked it a lot more on IMDb, clearly. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get into it. It's... uh... You know, you almost need to have the opening quick death scene. <laughs> the slow burn just doesn't happen anymore, and we have it in this one, right? An opening scene, we're at a psychiatric ward. Nighttime in a storm, one of our favorites. Um, people are, uh, are, you hear footsteps, sounds like somebody's got a limp or whatever. It's dark, walking through the halls of this uh, psychiatric facility. The There's a woman in a like you know trapped in her room or whatever here's someone at her door screams and she dies you don't really see it you just see her feet dangling and her neck snapped so you don't know if she i don't know <laughs> is hung or killed uh she does seem to be terrified of something and then roll opening credits they're kind of yeah kind of shitty opening credits but now <laughs> If we jump back to 1966. We're in the daytime. Our uh, star of the movie is Amber Heard, named Kristen in this one. Yeah, also she, known as Amber Turd, because apparently she was accused by Johnny Depp of pooping the bed. <laughs> yeah, he thought she was pretty crazy. Maybe she's still a bit in character from this film. <laughs> It's going to stuck with her a bit. 
but she is uh, she's out and about currently, at least at the beginning. She's uh, on the outside. It's daylight. She's like running through the field or whatever, goes to some house, lights it on fire. Uh, she's just standing there watching it burn as the cops show up. They arrest her. They uh, take her to this mental facility. They, you know, scrub her down, lock her up in her room. She's not quite sure why she's there. Uh, the doctors are just like, you know, she's asking, what, you know, what, what am I doing here? What's going on? And they're like, well, we'll get to this, Kristen. But uh, she's immediately a troublemaker. <laughs> Nobody ever takes their pills in these movies. They all, they're all pretty sneaky about not taking their pills. And she's another one. She'll palm them or she'll spit them out when the doc isn't looking. Well, and the the, the first one, yeah, she just, oh, the, they hand her the cup with the pills. She just dumps it on the floor and stomps on them. Oh, yeah, she does. And they're like, Kristen, you have to be, a, you know, do what you're told here. Um, But she won't. She's, she's a troublemaker early on. She, uh... <laughs> She picks the locks. I don't even see what it was she picked the lock with, but uh, she she oh and she finds some clues. She finds a little charm bracelet that uh, has a bunch of letters, and it's been well, she, destroyed. So she just finds that finds them on the floor. Yeah, because as as she was sleeping there that first night, where they put her basically to to bed right away there, and they're like, oh well, you know, just rest. And middle of the night, her blanket disappears underneath the bed. So she starts looking. Uh, you know, trying to figure out she's cold. She's looking for where her blanket went. She crawls underneath the bed. She finds, yeah, the the rip charm bracelet with all the letters. Um, and there was something else under there too. I don't remember if it was a coin or something like that that she found. Anyway, they wake her the the next morning. She's laying on the blanket on the floor, uh, and they wake her up. And they're like, "Oh, usually people sleep in the bed." <laughs> You are crazy. And then um, she gets some, she gets some, I guess, normalized clothes, not just the the scrubs uniform that she had after that night to be introduced to the rest of the girls of the ward. And uh, she gets introduced the to them. Sec- it's, it's the sexiest psychiatric ward you'll ever find. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they're all just, you know, attractive 20-something crazies. <laughs> yeah, because you've got Sarah, who's played by Danielle Pennebaker. Iris, who's played by Lindsay Fonseca. Emily, who's played by Mamie Gummer. And then Zoe, who's the youngest one. Uh, she's a, she's younger than the rest of them. She's played by Laura Lee. Yeah. And yeah. They all have, I guess, kind of their own... I guess distinctive personalities that she can get going with there too. So Iris likes to draw. Sarah's the flirt. Uh, Emily's kind of the. She she's the one who likes to be the center of attention, and then Zoe is just the quiet kid who talks to her stuffed animal. Yeah, and they uh, they're pretty you know unsupervised. They just sort of hang out in the main room. Uh, yeah, they get to know each other. They argue a little bit. They almost get into a fight. But then somebody like puts a record on. They dance. They bond. Having fun girl time. They're all buddies. Um, 
Yeah, they're, Kristen, they do drop little hints. You know what? What happened to Tammy? Oh, we don't. You know, we don't know. Tammy's missing. Yeah, Kristen is kind of. Uh, oh, I don't even remember what I was going to say there, but. <laughs> but anyway, they do. They do a lot. Of, they do shower together as well. That's fun. They have a shower scene together. Um, no bees. This entire one, none of that be one of our favorites, but we don't see any from anyone. Uh, however, in the shower scene, uh, Kristen likes, I don't even, I don't know if she blacks out or just is enjoying the shower too much, but suddenly looks around, she's alone and gets jumped by a, like a ghoul. Looks like a zombie dead skin kind of grabs her, shakes her up a bit. Uh, you know, she starts screaming, freaks out. The staff comes. She's alone, but terrified. They like uh, in, inject her with something. She is passed out for a second, then wakes up strapped to a, an electroshock therapy machine down in the basement. Uh, gets jolted all to hell. And I do remember what they... I, was, I do I do remember what I was going to say to you at the time because she is told when she first gets there that during the day they have free use of the rec room and and the pretty much they have free run of the facility during the day but at night they have to be in their rooms there's there they get locked in their rooms but yeah, yeah she gets seems like it. She gets electroshocked. Um, and they, they even talk about how, you know, they thought that they didn't use electroshock therapy anymore. And well, Dr. Stringer thinks it'll help. So they're going to do it. So they did it. Yeah. And they uh, there's a, a continuous theme of uh, Kristen being a little suspicious. There's some weird stuff going on. Like they have a, a like group, I guess, therapy meeting, all the girls and Dr. Stringer. And again, they're just, you know, what, uh, is Tammy coming back? What happened to her? She disappeared. And Dr. Stringer's just like, oh, you know, we don't talk about people who aren't here, which, of course, Kristen finds suspicious. <laughs> um, Iris, Iris has a meeting alone with Dr. Stringer. And uh, he does, um, like, hypnotherapy on her. She falls asleep it seems to work um he goes to get like an orderly to carry her back to her room however when the the two of them go back to where iris was left asleep she's gone she has vanished and she wakes yes. up she's strapped to a wheelchair <laughs> prior prior to the meeting too she was talking about how um you know she thought she she was gonna get to go home because she's care you know she feels that she's cured oh, yeah. Even with that, you know, and, and so they, they're, you know, the, there's that whole conversation there, and uh, yeah, during the meeting, yeah, she gets she gets put into hypnotherapy. They find out she finds out that you know, as they're talking, she finds out she's not as cured as she thinks she is, and then they put her into hypnotherapy, and she is even worse than what they, you know, what they thought. There's no chance she can go home. But when they go to move her back to her room, she's gone. Like you said, she wakes up strapped into the wheelchair where she gets lobotomized by the ghost hand. The zombie yeah. hand. Just shove some spike thing through her eye socket. Dead. Dead, which is uh, 
Oh, you know. Theme. Yes, common theme. And then, of course, the other gals, especially Kristen, who's uh, continually suspicious. Sus, I think the young kids call it. Where she thinks everyone else is sus, maybe. She thinks it's weird. She's, why has Iris not come back? But uh, the staff, <laughs> pretty tight-lipped. They won't give her any answers. They just brush her off. Um, Kristen does manage to get a hold of Iris's drawing book. And it's uh, nice drawings of all the gals. But then, of course, a fiendish ghoul-looking drawing. Yeah, uh, a, and the ghoul's name is Alice, apparently. Well, she first, yeah, she first sees like a, a, a drawing in the of the dark hallway because she's seen that that same you know that same image kind of thing, so she knows that there's this ghoul that's haunting the the ward there, and she's trying to get information from the other girls about it, but nobody wants to talk to her about that. But yeah, then she does again find more things and she finds out yeah there's this drawing of alice in there and they she's trying to figure out who alice is and nobody will tell her yeah <clears throat> yeah but she's she knows she's onto something nobody tells her anything she she takes the the charm bracelet letters and realizes it does spell alice so she uh, uh eventually has a meeting with doc doc stringer she's like hey you know what happened to alice why is Iris missing? Who's this Tammy person? As usual, <laughs> he won't give any answers. Um, <laughs> Kristen goes back and talks to the gals who are left. She thinks they all need to escape or uh, they're going to die one by one. So that night, uh, I think it's Kristen and is it Emma or Emily? I forget. Emily. Kristen and Emily, they try to escape by by crawling. Uh, they go through the air ducts. Again, there are human-sized air ducts in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think that would be the scariest part. Like, you're taking a dump and everybody's seeing ghouls and you just have like a, you know, a, I don't know, three foot by three foot air duct right behind you. But yeah, they, they unscrew it with a quarter or something and crawl in there. Of course, they get lost and end up in the basement in the morgue. Damn it. That's the last place you want to be when ghouls are killing you. I mean, I guess, though, too, I would like to have, you know, three foot by three foot air ducts just to get the airflow out of there to get the smell of that taking that dump out of there, though, too. So makes sense. That'll clean it up quick. Yeah, that's for sure. It'll get some fresh air in there. So when they hear, uh, yeah, yeah they, I think at this point, yeah, they hear Zoe's voice down in the basement. So they're looking for, for Zoe, um, and, and uh, they hear somebody else come down there. So they're trying, you know, they're hiding from there, and uh, she eventually does get found, thrown back in her room again, being sedated, thrown back in the room. <laughs> That's another theme, is. <laughs> Kristen escapes her room, goes for look, looks for clues, gets busted, locked back up again, just over and over and over. <laughs> yes, and they don't figure out a way that that she, you know, she's getting out of her room. So there's a yeah. pretty easy way to to figure to get that, and you just have to put a lock on the outside of her room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Security is pretty poor at this facility. 
But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> the next day, uh, she kind of confronts Emily a little bit because they got separated in the basement there. She's like, did you find Zoe or did you find Iris? And there, there, there's no uh, evidence of them finding Iris or anything like that. So then they're kind of, again, at a loss there. And I believe she gets attacked again by the ghoul at this point. Or she sees the ghoul again. Yeah, she keeps seeing it. And uh, oh, there was there. No, this is where Sarah sees it because this is where the guy is in the the orderly that's there is there working on fixing up the grate that they got into. She kind of flirts with him a little bit. Um, they're talking about how you know she's getting out soon, and you know would the guy call her sometime once she gets out because she wants to go on a date with him. And he's like, you're fucking crazy. I'd never date you. And then she kind of <laughs> throws a fit about that. Leaves the leaves the restroom where they where he was working on the grate there. Sees the sees, sees the ghoul. And she gets uh, put into the electroshock therapy chair and just gets completely fried. And at that point, Emily and Zoe and Kristen are up in the rec room there. And they see like the lights flickering and everything like that, and they start kind of freaking out about that. And again, Kristen is resolved to getting them out of there. They have to keep trying to get out because that's the only way that that they're, anybody's going to survive. Yeah, and it all uh, oh, it does uh, right around this part slip out that the uh, the other girls know what happened to Alice. And Kristen kind of demands some answers. Yep, she gets and, yeah, she gets the answers she's looking for from Zoe. Yeah, and they kind of admit they <laughs> they said just Alice was mean to her, so they all just jumped her one night. Basically, they lured her into one of the rooms and like put a bag over her head and, and smothered her oh. with a pillowcase. Yep, smothered her with a pillowcase, and they. Uh, you know, they do seem to feel bad about it, but uh, I think it's Emily. Yeah, Emily feels real guilty. I think she was the ringleader, and she, again, she gets a knife somehow. I, I, how does she get a knife? There's, the security here sucks. But she threatens to slit her wrist uh, because she feels so bad about it, when boom, ghoul Alice shows up, grabs the knife, slits her throat. She bleeds out. Yep, yeah, and Zoe and Kristen are there, and... Uh... Now Kristen has decided that she's going to pull a blazing saddles here and hold Zoe hostage to try and get out of there. And uh, basically he's like, oh, Zoe, do you trust me? She's like, because this is the only way this is going to work. So she's she's threatening to kill Zoe with the, with the knife there to try and get out. She gets, was it Nurse Lankford or something like that is, is the name there. Um, it's her to open up the doors. She's just about, she's waiting for the elevator. When the elevator shows up, she's got to back to the to the elevator doors so she can keep an eye on the people there. But the main orderly is there. I think it's Roy, is it Roy or Jimmy. One of those two. I don't remember any of their names at all. <laughs> I'm just looking on Rotten Tomatoes here. So that's oh. the only way that I've, that I've got it there. Um but anyway, he's he's in the elevator there, sees that she's being held hostage there, thinks doesn't know quite what's going on there, thinks that 
Kristen really has gone crazy and is trying to kill Zoe. Grabs her arm, you know, wrestles the knife away from her, pins her up against the wall. They're going to sedate, you know, the nurse is going to sedate her. And the doctor's there. He says, nope, don't do that. You know, I have to get this to work. And, the, the you know, the only way is that this will work is that, you know. So, anyway, uh, she again throws the fish. She, she bites the two orderlies. She bites one of their hands and punched. I think she punched the nurse there, too. Then the doctor grabbed her, put her, you know, put her up against the wall. She gets sedated. Gang gets thrown back in a room. In a straight jacket. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Which she then immediately get, gets out of. <laughs> she uses one of her bread springs to rip a hole in the in the straight jacket so she can get her hand out and then loosens herself out of the straight jacket. Again, is able to pick the lock. She's the world's greatest half-escape artist. She can get out of a room anytime she wants with virtually no trouble, but just can't breach the walls of this uh, psychiatric ward. Yep. So, yeah, and then, yeah, she's digging through stuff. She's looking at all the different medications. Earlier, she was also looking at the different medications that are there. But, uh, yeah, at this point, yeah, her and... uh, I think she's looking through, like, the doctor's files, and she figures out everything... Um, and she confronts the doctor with what's going. She's trying to co- make a phone call, and the ghost appears behind her. She like swings the phone call at the at the ghoul. You know, she swings the phone because it's an old rotary phone because this is in the sixties. Misses, you know, there's nothing there. And then uh, yeah, they, she does have a pretty good fight scene of the ghoul where they're like tossing each other back and forth, and she actually chops it once, pretty good with an axe. Yeah, she busts. Yeah, she busts out the fire axe and yeah, hacks into the ghoul there. Then she kind of then she confronts the doctor, and then it all starts coming out about what's going on here. So uh, there is that conversation as well. Um, the doctor says that she is actually Alice, and uh, in 1958 she was kidnapped and held in the basement of an old farmhouse for was it two months or something like that Uh, and the only way that she survived was to create these multiple personalities and he's been slowly working on combining them all back into one to make her into alice because she is actually alice like all of them are alice surprise everyone she is alice Yep. So they've been Spoiler slowly working. <laughs> yeah, they, they've slowly been working to uh, get the get her down to one personality by, by you know by getting rid of the others. So Sarah's gone, Iris is gone, Emily is gone, Zoe. I don't think Zoe Zoe ever went anywhere. I had it. It wasn't clear, but they had the scene where uh, they were escaping up like the dumb waiter. And uh, Zoe rides up this little, the little dumbwaiter elevator, and then just like a ghoul hand reaches out from behind and grabs her. But that's you just assume she's been cap- captured, but you never are known for sure. Yeah. But then, yeah, Kristen went up that same dumbwaiter elevator into the doctor's office, and that's where they had their confrontation there. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, as they're as they're talking about that, there again the ghoul appears and grabs Kristen, and they wrestle again, and they go out the window, and uh, it's like a third story window. Both Kristen and the ghoul fall to the ground. There, uh, the nursing staff runs out there again, and uh, it's only. There's only one there. The the ghoul is not there. And uh yeah, then it kind of cuts to uh the doctor and her Alice's parents and they you know, they're kind of showing the progress of what's been going on and he said, "Oh, she'll probably need a lifetime of therapy, but she'll probably be able to go home in two or three days." And so then they uh have their conversation with uh with Alice and kind of talk about everything. She recognizes who they are. Um, they're getting, you know, they, they have to go do something. So they leave the room and she goes to get up to go to the bathroom, opens up the, the medicine cabinet, kind of look and see what's in there. And Kristen jumps out and starts strangling her. And roll credits. Yep. Roll and credits. Well, your thoughts? Um, I mean, I saw this movie essentially the same thing uh, with a different cast in it. It was called Identity. But that came out like 10 years before this as well. I had John Cusack and uh, a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of other people that were pretty well known. It was it Amanda Peet? Um Oh, it, I think it's, I saw that one. It's been it's been done before. Um, okay, it's two two thousand three was when Identity came out. Yeah, it's Ray Liotta. Um, I don't know why this is not loading. Oh, okay, it's trying to load. But uh, John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet, um, lot of lot of at the time were pretty big name. It was a pretty well known um, film at. So, like I said, I had already seen that at the, at the time, and uh, but it it was it was good. I I enjoyed this movie. It was uh, well enough to done well enough to to make it worthwhile. They got me a couple times with the jump scares, um, just because it wasn't wasn't quite expecting it. Yeah. So, identity is John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet. Alfred Molina, John C. McGinley, Jake Busey. Um, so there, there's a lot of lot of well-known Fun people cast. in there, a- and uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 63% tomato score, critic score, and 75% audience score. So that's kind of where you're looking at. And IMDb has it as 7.3 out of sure, 10. Sure, that's solid. So that that's that that's where you get stuff like that. So uh, like I say, it, it seemed like it was exactly the same premise of of that, and uh, but definitely an enjoyable film. What about you? Yeah, it was all right. I would say it's not bad. It's not great. Um, there were good moments, and there were. Let's say that my biggest complaint is just kind of. <laughs> It felt a little repetitive. We're like, okay, Kristen breaks out of her room, uh, gets busted again. 
one person dies and then repeat for the whole rest of the film, which I guess you're limited to that if you're in a psychiatric ward, but yeah, it was decent. It was good enough. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see here. We are putting off the magic stuff till next week because we're going to check out the pre-release before we <laughs> decide to, to tell you which cards we're looking forward to. Well, and I forgot to do my homework. I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> Even as an adult, you know. That's what they don't teach you in school. Like, as an adult, you can just not do your homework and it's fine, kids. I'm not going to lose any points. I'll just do it next week. That's right. Your grade's not going to be affected by it. Sorry, right. There's been yeah. plenty of times where I haven't done it, too. But I did do it this time. But I'm perfectly fine with saving it for next week. Well, yeah, I'll remind myself. I did, I did file my taxes yesterday morning or was it yesterday or was it this morning no it was saturday saturday i filed my taxes finished those up so nice part is that's gonna pay for my entire chicago trip plus some jackpot yeah um yeah we did decide uh we're gonna crank it back to the 80s for the next two weeks because we got the slumber party massacre and the slumber party massacre part two for the next two episodes uh this does involve the driller killer which uh i i've i've seen part two as an episode of at the drive-in with joe bob briggs um and they may you know they kind of they show the movie but they also take little breaks in there to make fun of it so um <laughs> The the driller killer uh, is, is definitely in part two was pretty fantastic because he's uh, it's quite the character. Well, yeah, I'm, this one should have uh, I like to go to old fashioned slasher. Hopefully, is what we get, and uh, I am expecting some bees. All the bees in this one. Oh, I I was just kind of flipping through because I wasn't sure if it would if that was the same thing I saw for the driller killer of the first one and yes there's definitely some uh, some of all three b's so finally yeah it's been a while since we've we've had really much of uh, the <laughs> well, i guess the one cube movie did have it the future cube ha had some but then they went all indiana jones and melted and shit yeah and it was quite brief yeah well good Yeah, again, that was pretty quick episode. We're gonna have to come up with some more stuff to make it take a little longer. We want to get around an hour. <laughs> well, I, mean, we're at, I didn't do my homework. That's the problem. We're at about, if I did my homework, it would have been perfect. Yeah, that's that is true. I mean, I can tell you the top five cards that I want to get from the set. If you want to do yours next week, I can tell you right now for mine. Sure, go for it. Maybe. Let me uh let me get into the set. Let me get into the site here because oh, I mean we can wait. I think it's fun when we go back and forth, honestly. All right. That works. But yeah, yes, they are uh, we can compare. 
they are changing how they're doing things too now with this because they're coming out this is the first set that they're going to have the play boosters instead of the different in the set and draft boosters so it is kind of a again prices went up what Not is surprised. a pl play booster ah uh, i can give you that <laughs> uh, i can i don't like it already <laughs> i just want boosters man I don't want oh. to buy a booster and be like, oh, shit, there's certain cards I can, can't can possibly get because I don't, I just want a booster. No, it, it's <laughs> not, it's not that. It's more the fact that they are, they're making it so they don't, you don't have, because they used to do draft, they used to just do booster packs and they changed it to draft boosters and set boosters because draft boosters were made for, for drafting and set boosters would be a terrible thing to draft on. So their new play boosters are going to, they're cutting it down to one thing that's available now again, essentially as an, as an overall, um, as an overall pack for a regular pack. They'll still have the collector's packs, which is, you know, same, whatever, all foil stuff. And they put all sorts of weird shit in the, in sure. the collector boosters, but the, uh, the, the play boosters are going to be. 15 card boosters again you're going to get an ad card or a token card or a helper card or an art card there's going to be some sort of random um card thing there is going to be a basic land again as well uh, so there's going to be six commons and then you will get either a seventh common or a card from the list so they are keeping the list cards which is kind of cool where they're doing reprints of old stuff that you can get there's going to be three uncommons in there, which is what same as what it used to be. And then there's a rare or a mythic rare. And then you get a non-foil wild card. So one through six will be commons. Seven is a list card slash common card. You could get a seventh common card or you could get a list card. Uh, eight through ten, three uncommons. Eleven is your rare mythic rare regular card. 12 is basic land. 13, you get a non-foil wild card, so you could get another rare or mythic in there. And then 14 is a foil wild card. So again, it's just a foil card that you can get anything in there. So, sure. so one thing I have seen with this is if you get a foil basic land, you do get a second foil card in it as well. Hmm. So that way you don't get two lands in one pack. Sure. <laughs> okay. Play boosters match the cost of a set booster, not a draft booster. So they're going to be what, like five fifty or something like that a pack. So. I guess I virtually never buy packs, so it doesn't affect me. But I just like to keep it simple. Yeah, well, it was always, yeah, they they made it much more complicated than it needed to be, and now it seems like they're trying to simplify it again. So. Well, I will uh, do my best to remember my homework, and we can, we can knock them out. We can knock them out next week. Do you want me to send you a message on Sunday? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, I can do that. <laughs> That way we got that. Uh, oh, that was the other thing. I was going to check, see if they release, see if they revealed any more people for Crypticon. Because that would be something, too, that might 
be some affecting of things. I can there we go. Uh, ooh. Dave Ellefson, formerly of Megadeth. Looks like they got the band that's opened up, the Lucid. Uh, that must be the guy that's gonna be must be the band that's gonna be playing like the um the VIP party or whatever. So Lar Park Lincoln from Friday the thirteenth part. She's in Friday one of the Friday the thirteenths. Uh oh she's in part seven. She's the she's the telekinetic girl from part seven. The girl from part eight, the boxer guy who I think his death was actually kind of ridiculous, uh in part eight. <laughs> there I've had that discussion a few times before. Oh, let's see here. Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three D. Uh, no, nobody else really knew other than looks like they got the band straightened out there, which would be the Lucid. But against guy who used to be in Megadeth is, is going to be there. So okay, and he's a part of the band that's playing. And this guy, oh, the, the guy who was the kid from Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. It's his first convention appearance, so he's going to be <laughs> at Crypticon. I guess he, he said Kane Hodder is doing something that weekend, so he won't be at Crypticon. It's probably a tough get, I'm sure. I Yeah, I'm sure he gets a lot of requests in that yeah. time of year, especially with the first day of the convention being on Friday the 13th this year. Right. So, Probably got some sort of event already planned. Big booking day. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, that's what I got. If you don't have anything else, we can wrap it up and sign off here. Yeah, man. We can uh, we can wrap it up, and I will. We'll be back with our magic list in a week. Yep. So by the time you hear our top five cards, you'll already be able to purchase them and. Try to copy our top five cards. So this is Scott the Beauty signing off for the Beauty and DeGeast podcast, where we watch movies so you don't have to. Bye, folks. <laughs>